Welcome to the Writer Dojo with your hosts, Steve Diamond. Yellow. And Larry Korea. Zadravro. Today's episode Collaboration. Now, I probably said that wrong because that was hello in Croatian, uh, but I just bought a Croatian rifle, so I figured I'd give it a shot. Eh, seems good enough. All right, today, everybody, what Larry and I are going to talk about is something that we both, we've both we both done quite a bit of and we both enjoy quite a bit, and that's collaboration. Yeah, uh, uh, collaboration is uh, uh, one of those fun things about writing. Can it be fun. Can be fun. Challenging. Yeah. Can be challenging. Can be really rewarding. Yeah. It could be awful or it could be better than the sum of its parts. That's right. Now, one of the reasons why we're bringing this up specifically right now is because on March 1st, just a couple weeks from now, um, uh, mine and Larry's uh, collaborative novel, Servants of War, comes out. And we're both super stoked for it. We want you all to go out and pre-order it uh, and pre-order it for your family and for your friends and for your dogs and for all the random strangers that you work with at work that you don't, you don't even really like that much, but you feel like you would like them a little bit better if they read our book. Yeah. Now, honestly, if each one of you guys bought like a hundred hardcovers, that'd be pretty baller. I'm just saying, that'd be you know, sweet. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Use them as ballast in your boat. That's fine. You know, balance, you know, your furniture. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recommend checking them out, out windows to people because I mean, it's going to be a hardback. You'll probably hurt someone. Yeah. Wait for the paperback to do that. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> So collaborations, Larry. Now, um, I know you've done a gajillion of them. I don't know if I hold some sort of record, but I got to be close. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure David Weber gets gets. Oh, yeah. Record. No, there, there's some other Bayon, because Bayon loves collaborations. Yeah. Now, uh, so so first of all, let, I, I want to talk about that specifically. We should probably define what we're talking about, too, okay. for those who don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Punks. <laughs> if you don't know what collaboration means, you probably work in an office. So what, what Larry and I are talking about collaborative, um, you know, co- working together and collaborating, what we're talking about is basically co-writing a story or co-writing a book. Um, and there's a gajillion different ways to do it. We'll talk about the one that, that we employed for this series. We'll talk about one of the ones briefly that, that we employed in a previous, some previous stuff that we went together. Um, but Larry mentioned something really interesting, um, and I want to talk about it just briefly, um, why it's cool and why it's different and how it benefits Bain and the authors. And that's, Bain does a crud ton of collaborations. Yeah. So my publishing house uh, has for a long time uh, loved collaborations. And what they really like to do is they like to take a more established, well-known author. So a guy with a name, he's already on the shelves of bookstores around America. Everybody's heard of this guy and he wants to do, they'll, they'll take another writer who is not as well known, does not have that fan base. Uh, usually these people have already written some other books though. They're, they're not, they're not, you know, complete noobs. Then they will pair them together and they'll put the senior writer with the junior writer and they will write a book together, usually in one of the IPs, one of the universes that belong to the senior writer. And the two of them will work together and they'll produce this book. And there's several different ways, uh, several different, I can think of like really, uh, well, I'll go through all the different kinds I've done. Sure. um, Of different ways to do this. Each one's going to be a little bit different. But what this does business-wise is it's awesome for the senior writer because we get one more book out theoretically faster. Um, not always the case, uh, as I've discovered, because I, I'm not that kind of senior writer. I, 
I've never phoned a collaboration in. And so no. I wind up spending about as much time easily, if not more, on, uh-huh. as I do on a regular book. Uh, and But for the junior writer, it's really awesome because you get to jumpstart your career. Yep. You get a kind of draft off the fan base of the, of the yeah. senior writer. So because when you're starting out, you, it takes you quite a while to build up your first few thousand hardcore readers. And really that's the key to success is having a group, a core group. I mean, if you've got 5,000 people who will buy anything you write, you're, you're pretty well set. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, you, so I can spend... Uh, five, 10 years or whatever, cultivating that group. Or me and you can write a book together. Yeah. And, and maybe just maybe, uh, I get those 5,000 like immediately. Well, so yeah. So if you're writing, for example, a book with like David Weber and David Weber's got like, you know, hundreds of thousands of readers. If 5% of David's fans decide that they really like this book that you wrote with David enough to go check out your other books or buy your next book, that's enough to establish your career as a successful mid-list author just off of yeah. that drafting. Now, you and I are both accountants, and we, we always talk about um, uh, risk mitigation in the financial sense. Yeah. Um, and, and from Bain's point of view, this is where they win. Right. That's one reason I do so many collaborations, just so you guys know behind the scenes. Economically, Larry Korea novels uh, always earn out, mm-hmm. uh, and they're always profitable. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to toot my horn. That's just a, that's just an economic fact. I mean, that's just a fact. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a financial statistic. That's a financial statistic. My books do well. I, I sell quite a few books. I got a really solid fan base. I got a good rep, uh, amongst the fans. <laughs> there you go. Critics. No, no, no. They, they hate my guts, but, that's but okay. they don't matter. They don't buy that many books. Um, they get their books for free. Um, but really what it is, is so if they pair me up with another author, if it's a younger, not as well-known author, hopefully it'll cause more people to go read their books and it will cause them to be able to springboard and to do their solo stuff. And some of the guys that I've done this with have been able to springboard and do more solo stuff for band uh, afterwards, or they've gone on and they've, they've continued doing uh, more stuff on their own or different directions. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that's the, the cool thing about this. Um, for, for me specifically, um, I mean, that the financial the financial aspect of it and the the building the you know quickly building the fan base was was definitely there um but i mean honestly i was just i was just more keen on writing a cool story with my buddy yeah and it was, there's also the fun angle of it too yeah. um if if it's somebody you like to work with and it's actually it is fun to to, to plan a book together yeah. and to work on a book together well, and you and I have done that before. Yeah. So a little history here is, uh, Steve and I have known each other for a long time and, uh, we started out, um, uh, I, I started first, I, I got oh, yeah. a little bit of head start several years and, uh, but we did some short stories together pretty early on in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, we did some stories together in an anthology called the Crimson Pact, yeah. uh, edited by Paul Janess, where, um, how we did that one was, uh, we basically each wrote a short story with one first person point of view character, but the two stories were intertwined. That's right. Um, and so that was one method of collaboration. Yeah. So that, that one was, um, in general on those ones, um, we would plan out what we wanted to do. Um, I would go through and write my POV character and then I leave in big gaps and say, Hey, Larry, this is where stuff should happen from your dude. Yeah. He had some like general ideas of like, mm-hmm. this would be approximately this. And then I would jump in and I would write my scene from my guy's perspective. Uh, I was writing a guy named Santos. He was writing a guy named Toombs. Yeah. 
And those came out really good. And that was the first time we ever collaborated together. Yeah, and it was a nice little trial run for us, I think. Um, yeah, so actually it was, it was short a... fiction. There was no, there, there was no like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There was no real stress involved with it. No, it's pretty straightforward. And I've done a similar thing where it's the first person back and forth thing. Uh, with Coop, right? With Mike Coopery. Uh, we did three novels together and that actually started out. Uh, so this is act, that was my first collaboration, novel collaboration was with Mike Coopery. Uh, we, uh, I had just self-published or I had just written Monster Hunter. The self-published version was going to come out. So this was, this was a junior, senior author thing where neither one of us was anything. It was a junior, junior author. It was a junior, junior author. So I had <laughs> written this book that was about to be self-published. Uh, Mike was just this other dude on an internet gun forum and he started writing this one little fun story is based upon his time as a military contractor in the Middle East, totally fictionalized and action heroized, but he's a really good writer. And as I'm reading this, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And uh, so I contacted this guy and uh, we had never met Bert. He were like, you know, super good friends. We're best friends now. Like, yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, you, him and Jack are like my best friends. Right. Okay. So, um, I, I would say that, uh. Uh, what, what happened in this situation was, um, Mike starts writing this thing. It's really cool. I didn't know him. I contacted him. I said, Hey man, you mind if I write a scene from somebody else's perspective in this action scene you just had? And he's like, wow, that'd be great. Neither one of us knew what we were doing. Um, <laughs> so I started writing back and forth and it came out really good. And we spent a whole summer and we did this for the summer and we came up with actually a novel at the end. Fast forward several years later, I'm now successful at Bayan. I've, I've actually sold, uh, several books. Um, and doing really well, Tony Weisskopf said, hey, would you like to, are there anything you'd be interested in pitching to me? I had this little online fiction serial I had done with this guy named Mike Coopery, and I pitched it to Tony, and she said, well, a thriller, that, that that's kind of interesting. We don't really do very many thrillers. And I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. And I, I pitched it to her. Then we took the little online fiction thing we did, and we actually doubled it in size right. and cleaned it up a ton, and that turned into a trilogy. Mm-hmm. It was actually a lot of fun. And that was served as a springboard uh, for Mike Cooper's solo career because he's gone on since as he's a, written a few books now. For the, uh, five. Is he at five now? I think he's at five now. Solo uh, sci-fi novels. Yeah. So he's got. He's got. Uh, I think he's got. Th- oh, I think he's at. Th- oh yeah, he's at five. I think he's working on the fifth one. Oh okay. I believe. Yeah, and so he's a really good author, and that was his springboard into his writing career. Yeah, it's interesting because you, you never quite know. Um, how it's going to, how it's going to shake down when you start writing with someone, um, you know, for, for every success story, like, you know, like, like mine and yours or yours and, and, and Mike's or yours and John's, both John's and everyone, I don't know. I'm, I'm losing track oh, of how many people. Okay. All right. right so, I, ro- okay, ro- so, so Coopery. Mike Coopery. Me. Uh, Steve Diamond. John Brown. John Brown. Ringo. Sarah Hoyt. Oh, I forgot about Sarah. Uh, uh, uh John Ringo. Uh, upcoming, uh, coming oh, soon, Jason, Jason Cordova and another one coming soon that I, I can't announce yet cause I haven't got the contract back. Ooh. Yeah. It's another monster hunter memoirs with a different oh, author. I don't know this one. I haven't told you about this. It's really cool. Sweet. Uh, I, ah, oh, man, I wish I had, if I wish, if I knew the contract would be back in my hand by the time this episode airs, I would talk about it on, <laughs> I'll tell you about that's it. What, that's what that time It's for. actually monster hunter, but it's actually a monster hunter, another spinoff in a totally different direction. Oh, nice. That was really cool with a guy who you know who's baller. Oh, okay, cool. I don't think you've ever met him, but he's another band author. Okay. But yeah. So, and I'm probably forgetting people. I've done short stories with Jonathan Mayberry, where we where we've gone back and forth like like we did. We did uh, a Monster Hunter Joe Ledger. 
Oh, that's right. Agent Franks and Joe Ledger that's story. That's right. It was in that, uh, um, what was that, duets or something like that? Oh, uh, yeah. And here's the kicker. I'm probably kicking myself because I'm sure there's probably somebody I'm forgetting on a collaboration, sure. which makes me a terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I've done a bunch of these. You know, and, and, and I have, and I've tried to collaborate with other folks before. Um, and it just, in, in a lot of cases, it just didn't work. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, and, but my whole point is, is you never know how it's going to shake out. Um, but I think there's something really cool and really special when you get together with someone, um, and you're, and you're both super invested in it. Uh, I, I once heard that, um, that you shouldn't think of a collaboration as a 50, 50 split, that it's more of a hundred, hundred split. It really is. Um, Every now and then you'll have a situation where you'll have the, the, the senior author just phones it in and does no work. Sure. Uh, I mean, we, we, we joked before about James Patterson, but there's no way James Patterson doesn't actually write 48 books a year. Okay? No, in fact, I know exactly what he does. Yeah. Because, um, I know, I know an author who wrote, yeah, we, who wrote for him. Yeah, we both do. And, and what that was is they gave, uh, they gave said author synopsis, um, said author wrote all that stuff, turned it over. And then, um, one of James Patterson's, uh, editor assistant people, whatever, slaves chained in the basement, um, said, Hey, cool. Um, I'm going to do an edit on this and then it's good to go. So like the paragraph synopsis, it was literally a paragraph from what I understand. Ugh. The paragraph synopsis was what James Patterson, he, he was, he, he was playing idea man. And then just, you know, pushed he, it across the he table. he gets to play poker with Castle. And he gets to play poker with Castle and Michael Connolly. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, so Michael Connolly works. Michael Connolly works. Yeah, respect to Michael Connolly. We're um, talking trash about James Patterson, but respect to Michael Connolly. No, Michael Connolly, that dude works. I love that guy. Yeah. Um. So, my gosh, I mean, yeah, there's always gonna there's gonna be situations where where someone phones it in. For you and I, that was not the case. No, I'm not for this book. My personality is such that I can't do that. Um, no. I I am kind of a I'm a bit of a control freak. And I have never, I've never phoned one in. Um, <laughs> and when I start to do, if I ever do that, it's time for me to hang that up. Yeah. You know, it's time for me not to do that. I, I, I just not, just not my, that's not my style, but, um, you know, different, different strokes to different folks. I know collaborations out there where the junior author did 90% of the work, mm -hmm. you know, or, and, or whatever, or the senior author just rubber stamped it. You know, and if, if the thing is, if the final product is good and the readers still enjoy it, then that's great. Um, but me personally, to me, a collaboration should be the kind of thing where, where you should both know your responsibility. We'll talk about responsibilities after the break. Um, yeah. but really I think a key to a successful collaboration is going in, people having expectations and having somebody able to make a decision based upon yeah. those expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the whole idea of being collaborative means you're working together. Um, well, I mean, I mean, there was, there was more than a few times when, I mean, gosh, for you and I, for example, uh, for servants of war, we outlined the whole thing together. We took, we took an, it was like an afternoon or two and we, we sat down, it was hours and hours and we, we outlined the entire story. Well, then we had another meeting where it was a revision meeting where we sat down and we went through every single thing after the rough draft was done yep. where we had a question about the universe. Yep. And we wound up spending, I think it was like four or five hours That's on my right. porch. Yeah. Hammering out yeah. various world ideas. That's right. And, and, and then, you know, 
dozens upon dozens of conversations in between over over Thai food or whatever. And, um, you know, the, the whole idea there, and, and a lot of the times, you know, you remember back to some of our earlier, um, some of our earlier podcasts where, where we were talking about if this, then what? Yeah. You know, and, and that was a lot of what we were asking each other at that point. Well, okay, so if this is happening, then what does that mean in this world? Right. Or, or hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could do something like this? How can we make that happen? Um, and, and the cool thing is, individually, we, we each individually could have written this book. And it would have been good. And it, but it would have been different. It would have been radically different. Yeah, it would have been radically different from the final thing. But how many times did, did I say something to you or you say something to me where, where that, you know, a turn of phrase or, or us saying, hey, what if, would all of a sudden catalyze something for us? I mean, shoot, one of the, one of the really cool, one of the really cool aesthetic things uh, in Servants of War is the idea of, of these people operating these golems. They get, the way the magic works, I'm not going to get too in-depth to it, um, physics, heat, blah, blah, blah. Um, if they're in these suits for too long, they can literally get cooked alive. Um, but components within the suit get so hot that it burns their bodies, scarring them up. And, and we were talking about that because I, I mean, you and I were talking about that, that idea of the physics of it. And, and they had all these scars. And somehow in there, we, we both said, you know, it'd be really cool. What if instead of like metals like that they were getting like war medals and stuff like, like the normal troops would get. What if their, their medals were written on their skin? Like their scars got tat, like they had someone tattoo their scars. Which one of us came up with I that? don't know. I don't remember. And, and I, and I think that that's why it's cool. Yeah. Is I, because, is because it was a, it was an organic conversation that we both just kind of like went bleh. I remember, I remember we were at the Thai food place yeah. talking about this and, uh, Brought to you by Tide Delight and Layton. I know, right? <laughs> and we were we're talking about this, and I remember I remember I remember we came up with, but I don't remember which one of us came up with the idea. No, but we both kind of sat back. I remember I remember vividly. We both sat back in our chairs and looked at each other, and oh, went, I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's, that's cool. cool." Well, and then we added the uh, the basically the fortune teller, uh -huh. the gypsy fortune teller, the was divination the, aspect to yep. it, and so it had a divination aspect, and uh, which played into the religious angle. And so, yeah, I, I can't actually, honestly, between the two of us, I couldn't tell you which one of no. us came up with that idea. And, and, and so that, that's my point guys is there, there is something special, um, and magical, uh, when, when two people get together, um, and, and they just, and they just are, are equally invested and they both start hitting the ideas hard and they have honest conversations with each other. Um, you get really really cool ideas that maybe you wouldn't have thought of, you know, individually. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk more about all the aspects of collaborations, the goods, the bads, and the uglies. We'll be right back. The war between Al Masiya and the Empire of Colacolvia is in its hundredth year. Casualties grow on both sides as the conflict leaves no corner of the world untouched. Alarian Glaskov's quiet life on the fringes of the Empire is thrown into chaos when an impossible tragedy strikes his village. When he is conscripted into the Tsarist military, he is sent to serve in The Wall, an elite regiment that pilots suits of armors made from the husks of dead golems. But the Great War is not the only 
or even the worst danger facing Illyrian as he is caught in a millennia-old conflict between two goddesses. He must survive the ravages of trench warfare, horrific monsters from another world, and the treacherous internal politics of the country he serves. New military fantasy from Master of Horror Steve Diamond and international bestseller Larry Korea. On sale March 1st, 2022 on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Pick up or reserve your copy today. Welcome back. All right, Larry and I have talked a lot about um, kind of the different kind of collaborations that we've done. Um, we'll, we'll go kind of specifically into, well, in fact, let's just go really specifically in what was our process for Servants of War? Yeah, and this is going to vary by collaboration to collaboration. They're going to have to work this out with you, whoever your partner is. Yeah, yeah. But I think the first key is uh, we've, we talk about outline versus discovery. Mm -hmm. uh, collaboration is one time that discovery really Really doesn't sucks. work. Yeah. No. If you're doing it as a team effort, you got to have an outline. You got to have a plan. Yeah. Um, now, normally, um, uh, usually like with a band collaboration where they have a senior author, junior author, the junior author will wind up doing the rough draft. Yep. And, and I did, and I did a hundred percent of the rough draft. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, on that one, like, so Steve did the vast majority of the, of the basic first draft grunt labor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, and that's time consuming. And then you kick it back to the other author who goes through, uh, that's, you know, comes back to me. I read everything and then I go through and then I start making changes. And uh, here's a, here's a kicker though. So like, like senior authors sometimes will phone the book in. It's like, oh, okay, good rubber stamp off to the publisher. Okay. So how, how long was the manuscript you, you gave me? Oh, uh, I think it was a little over a hundred K. Okay. And so then I cut that down to 85, 90, I want to say it was. Um, I. I think you cut just a little bit, mostly off, the, mostly off the end. Yeah. So, so I think I cut it to 90 and then kicked it back to you and it was at 125, 130? I think it was at 130. And then when I was done with it, it was 145. Yeah. And so basically, so, so, so Steve wrote 100,000 words worth of book. I cut that down to about 90,000 words of book and then kicked back about 130,000 yeah, words of book. that sounds about right. And then Steve did the final pass where we decided we had a couple more scenes to add and came out to, I think the final word count for the book is about 145. It's 145 or 146. That's right there. Yeah. And so as you can see, it's, it's a, a process of, of adding and taking away and having multiple sets of eyes looking yeah. at the same product. Yeah. I mean, when I turned the book over to you um, after the first draft was done, um, I'd noted in several locations and had told you in several locations, like, okay, look, I know we need a couple more scenes from Amos's point of view. Uh, yeah. Cause I actually, I think, I think most of the growth I did is I wrote most of Amos's scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think the final like 10,000 word jump was, um, yeah, we, we cut off, um, kind of sort of the ending I did. Um, we, yeah, because what we, happened, we killed it because it, it didn't. Once we got to that, and, and this is the, this is the benefit of having, having a co-author in this regard. I, I'd written the, I'd written the first hundred thousand words. I had, you know, beginning, middle, end. I mean, I had everything. It was done ish. Yeah. It, it could have been it a was, book. It could, it have, could have been, have been stood out on its own right there as a book. Um, sent it over to Larry and as Larry was reading over it, he was, he was pinging me constantly, um, as, as he was reading it. Um, and then in one of these sessions, I went up to his house and we were chilling on his porch, like, like we talked about for several hours. Um, and we were kind of going over it and, and Larry said, you know what? I know we said we weren't going to have this specific ending event happen, but now having read the book, I think we have to have it happen. 
And, and, and I agreed, of course. Um, and I said, okay, yeah, well, let's do it. Um, and so we kind of hashed out how we wanted it to be. We found some, you know, that involves some more world building on our side and um, some more character development on our side, yeah, which especially think- for the big bad. Oh yeah, big time. Because what happened is when we got to the end of the book, we're like, you know what? We don't really have a good picture of why the big bad is doing what he's doing. That's What's right. the motivations there? And and you got these little things where you, when you have a collaborator, you can start pinging this stuff back and forth yeah. until you piece together exactly why mm-hmm. and then exactly what you want to reveal. That's right. And and so we, we went back and forth. That happened. And and that was the beauty of it is is we got to the end. And we looked at the product. Um, I'm for Larry. It was good because one of the cool things about collaborations is um, when you're writing your own thing by yourself for yourself, and then and to put out. A lot of times, you get way too close to it. Yeah. When it, when it comes to collaborating, I I don't feel like that happens. At least it doesn't for me, um, because I sent it over to you. That was really. I mean, you were reading it. And that wasn't you. Yeah, you have that. You have a you have a time gap yeah, there. There's a time gap. There's a distance. And then when you shot it back to me, after you made um, some pretty substantial changes, especially to the very end part. Yeah. So so because we really because once we decided once we changed kind of the world building, we really revamped that end a yeah, lot. That's right. And so you sent it back to me. And the interesting thing was at that point I could I could read it from a distance again. Um, even though I, you know, I, I just read it, you know, I, I just written it. I just read it. I could read it at a distance again. Well, and the other thing too was, uh, I'm a nuts and bolts action guy. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the other big part of the growth there was in the earlier scenes with like how the, like how the suits worked. Oh yeah. You know, because I, I, I love that stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there were some comments on the side. Larry, enter tech jargon here. Well, cause there was like, there was like parts involving like some of these guns or like ni- early 1900s level firearms. Yeah. And so Steve would just be like, you know, all right, this is, you know, well, same thing with like when I was working with Sarah, uh, yeah. and Sarah Hoyt would get to like, part, like, like literally like some of the action scenes, Sarah would just be like, okay, this is, here you go, Larry. Do and she, thing. because she was, she, she looked at some of the, like the gun nutty bit. Cause like the sniping scene. Right. Um, you know, that's my thing. And, uh, so she would like leave a block because Sarah was thinking, okay, why would I even waste my time sure. trying to write this thing when, you know, my, my co-author is the guy who that's what he does. That's mm-hmm. his favorite thing. Yeah. You know? Um, well, and, and, and likewise, um, there were many scenes that, that, um, that you'd updated or added to when it came to Kristoff, who's, yeah, who's a conniving dirtbag, which, which is like my bread and butter. Yeah. And, and you wrote them and, and when you gave it back to me, you said, you said, Hey, look over every Kristoff scene. Yeah. Oh, that's one thing we haven't said about collaborations, uh, nuts and bolts thing. I think a real key on a collaboration is that each person, you should have certain characters that you own. Okay. They're yours. Yeah. Like Kristoff is Steve's character. And so anytime I made a change to a Kristoff scene, Steve got the final say on whether what he was coming out of this character's mouth is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I kind of like, I kind of took over Natalia. Oh, for sure. Because she's a sniper. Yeah. Well, and also just kind of like, I really like the religious angle with yeah. her too, you know, yeah. and I really enjoyed that. And so it's one of those, and also another thing that works is too, is that when you're collaborating is it helps to have a picture of the character in mind that you can share, yeah. which is why we casted a lot of these people, um, yeah. you know, uh, based upon Hollywood actors, because that way I did the same thing with John Brown and Gunrunner. Um, 
we had most of the cast of Gunrunner cast based upon Hollywood actors. That way, John and I could have watched the same roles that those actors were in and then do a good job having a consistent, uh, you know, uh, a character as it went along because we're both thinking of the same person. Right. Yeah. I mean, the and, and this is why I think um, it's, it's pretty essential that you have an outline when you're doing collaborations. Um, if, if you're discovery writing that, I mean, so, so the character Christoph in our story is based off Christoph Waltz, um, from the same movie, the specific scene, like we know you and I both knew exactly who it was, but let's, let's pretend in in an alternate bizarre universe, we were both stupid. And we said, we said, nah, we're going to discovery write this thing. And I was like, nah, it's going to be Christoph Waltz. And you're like, nah, it's Daniel Craig. Like, like total divergence. And, and it would lead to a lot of issues in terms of storytelling and internal consistency. Uh, we talked in an earlier episode about, about the idea of internal canon in terms of world and character consistency. Because yeah. when you break that internal canon, that consistency, the readers, the readers feel it. Right. And to your point, um, when, when it comes to, quote unquote, owning a character, um, it's your responsibility if you own that character to make sure that they are consistent from start to finish. Yeah. Um, I mean, you did that with Natalia from start to finish. Yeah. I so did that, that with Kristoff from start to finish. That way finish. they feel, they feel consistent always to the reader. You know, it's interesting too, cause like, so talk about this, the one time that I did discovery, right? A collaboration besides some shorts, uh, is the thing with Mike Cooper, but we only did that with the first book in the series. And that was just because of how it came about as an internet serial, yeah. um, where basically he'd write a thousand words and post it. I'd write a thousand words the next day and post it in response. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that actually had a consistent beginning, middle and end was a total fluke. <laughs> Considering how we did it and the level of knowledge, which we had that should have utterly failed. Right. So that was a fluke. And that was also the, uh, the next two books in the series we plotted. Right. But on the character ownership there, there was characters that Mike created on his side and I had characters I created on my side. Yet when we put the two together and actually got to edit it, I took over some of his characters and he took over some of mine. Where I had this one character, Reaper, the, uh, yeah. the computer tech mm-hmm. nerd geek, Mike totally took Reaper over. And, and, and so basically every line of Reaper dialogue and this whole thing, Mike has approved. I took over like the character of Ling, uh, the love interest on his side, because I just, I loved her and I loved writing her. And so a lot of times you'll have a character that fits one or, or uh, the other of you yeah. better. Like on the expanse, I'm sure which one of the, one of those guys has got to like be an Amos at heart. <laughs> it must be. My gosh, Amos is amazing. It's still one of my favorite characters ever. You know, I, I, I think that one of the other things too here, and, and I want to talk about attitudes when it goes into, um, you know, attitudes, responsibilities, egos, stuff, egos, um, from, from my perspective as the junior author in, in our, in our collaboration, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not really a guy with an ego anyway. That's not really me. I'm pretty chill. Um, but when it comes to to a certain character, like for Kristoff, for example, oh, I do have an ego when it comes to him. Yeah, because you have some. It's you, he's mine. You have investment in your creation. Yeah, and, and that's normal. Yeah, and and if you didn't, you wouldn't be a good writer. That's right. Now, but on the other hand, if when it comes to um, to collaborating and stuff, there is a moment where where both both authors respectively have to kind of shove their egos for the point of for the um, for the purpose of 
making the entire project better. Because one of the things you said at the very beginning was, was making the collaboration better than the sum of its parts. Yeah. You, you've got to have, um, if it's going to be a true collaboration, you need to have a way to decide. Somebody's got to have a final say, or you got to have a way to figure out what the best yeah. answer is. Um, and I think a lot of times, a lot of collaborations, uh, you know, if, if the guy just like puts his foot down and says, you know, this is what it is, you know, sometimes it, that just depends on the nature of the relationship. The hardest collaboration I ever had in all honesty is with John Ringo. Right. You know, and, and the reason there was weird was because that was two silverback gorillas, um, yeah. trying to collaborate. Yeah, you were both senior authors at that point. Right. And what happened too, was John, uh, just came to me and he said, Hey, I wrote a book in your universe. I wrote two and a half books in your universe. Yeah. Well, then so I, and then, so that was a weird collaboration. And the, but the thing is, so when one of the best selling science fiction authors of all time comes and says, Hey, I wrote a book in your universe. You want it? You say, yes. I mean, there's, that's a, that's a, that's like, like a, like a duh, you know, of course you want it. Um, the thing is though, Monster Hunter is my baby. It's my bread and butter. And it's also how I pay for my house. And it's also a continuing series and it's a franchise that I've got anthologies. I've got various people writing in it. I've got spinoffs. It's, it's a big deal. And so I have to be super protective of my baby. Um, you know, there's, there's certain things that are Monster Hunter universe planned that I, that no one, that John, you know, he had no way of knowing. Right. So, so there's a lot of things. And so, um, that turned into a collaboration when he's, when I said, yeah, sure. I'll, I could, I could use this for, I could, I, you could write a book in the Monster Hunter universe. And then I got the first book and I looked at it and I sent it back with like 200 major changes. I remember this. And, uh, and John at that point was like, Hey, you want to just do a collaboration and you just do all that stuff? And I was like, okay. And so that's how it turned into a collaboration. So that one. That was a weird one. That was weird. But the hard part there was we had two guys that both are used to being the alpha male mm -hmm. in their respective universe. Because John has done he's tons done of collaborations. Quite, yeah, he's done a lot of collabs. Across, you know, probably seven or eight different universes. And so you got a guy like me who's done that. And he's got a guy like him who's done that. And you put the two of them together. And of course, that's a little different. And, uh, and so that was, that was a challenge because of that. But that said, those three books came out pretty good. And one of the, one of my favorite things as a writer uh, of collaborations is the part where my readers think they know which writer wrote what. Oh yeah. Um, that's the best. Um, cause there are giant chunks of those books that people think John wrote. And there's giant chunks of those books that people think Larry wrote and they're not, they're backwards. Yeah. My favorite one of that though, because this one guy gave a negative review to Gunrunner, right? Um, Gunrunner is a book I collaborated with John Brown, sci-fi novel, beautiful part of this true story. Okay. So John, once again, did the, as, as I did with you, John did the rough draft right. and I went through and actually on that one, John gave me about a hundred thousand word manuscript. Mm -hmm. I chopped it down to about 80. I think the final book's like 140, one, you know, it's like 130, 130. Yeah. So it's a little bit shorter than ours, I think, mm -hmm. but the same kind of thing. That's just kind of my, our, my working collaboration method. John had a great time with that. At the very end though, when we turned this book into Tony Weisskopf, there was not a prologue. There was not an intro chapter. Oh, okay. Okay. So the whole, the, the we had this, this opening chapter was based upon like the, uh, the fall of Saigon, right? Is what it is. So the, where this planet is evacuated at the end of a rebellion. So we kicked the book over to Tony Weisskopf and that, that chapter was not in there. Tony Weisskopf looked at it and he goes, you know what? You guys refer to these events a lot. I'm usually against prologues. However, I believe this book needs a prologue that goes through the events of that evacuation because they're so important for the rest of the series. And I was like, okay, cool. 
And, and I went to John. I said, hey, John, what's your schedule? Because we had, at this point, this is the to get the e-arc out. Yep. John, what's your schedule? And John was actually booked up. John had something else going on in his life. And John was like, I, I'm not going to have a chance. And I was like, okay, then I'll, I'll, I'll do this. So I wrote the intro chapter. So this is the one part of the whole book that was reversed where I did the rough draft and John did the edits, mm-hmm. right? We get this negative review afterwards where this guy is all angry because he swears that, 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 that he just hated, he could totally tell the parts that John Brown wrote and, 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 and this guy was like a Larry Korea fan and he had it completely backwards and he was all mad at John because that intro scene was just so not Larry. And it was so, and I was like, dude, that was the one part of the book. Like the first 40 pages of this book was the, was the part that was the most me. Yeah. And the guy completely had it backwards. Yeah. Now, now with mine and yours, if it's a really horrific, horrible, horrible horror section, (laughs) I mean, that was probably me. Yeah. To be fair, (laughs) to be fair, you know, like we, we, we've now referred to it as the rats are devouring you scenes. Those are probably Steve. Um, you know, Um, if there's gun nuttery afoot, that's probably Larry. Yeah. If there's gun nuttery in there, it's probably me. I mean, so there are some things you can tell, but on the whole, the interesting part, and I think I referred to this in an earlier episode. Once it was done, and and once I I turned back over to you the 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 full the full full manuscript after I wrote the um, the dreaded romance. Scene. <laughs> yeah, Steve did have to write the romance. I had scene. to write the romance scene. He had not had to me. I looked at that as you had not had the opportunity oh, to write yes, a romance. Scene. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. Larry. Yeah, for real. I mean, I've written romance <laughs> scenes, and you never had a chance. So I was like, Steve should get to write a romance scene. So. Um, the interesting thing is at that point when I was reading through that last part, cause it was, it was edits and stuff. Um, I remember asking myself multiple times during there going, is this, is this all me or did Larry edit this part? I don't remember anymore. Yeah. No, in a good collaboration, and ideally, that's great. it doesn't matter because by the time you get to the end of it, you've both gone over those paragraphs so many individual mm-hmm. times that. And also too, uh, good collaborators can, can learn to ape each other's voice. Yep. Um, oh, I certainly, well, I mean, crap. I mean, I've been doing that f- for you forever, even outside of collaboration. Well, yeah, yeah we're, we're military contract accounts yeah, I together. Mean, Steve could. Well, and, and I've been very, I've been very open and honest that you've been a, a huge mentor for me. And so, you know, reading through Monster Hunter, I mean, if you, if you read Residue, you'll see, you'll see places in there where it's like, oh yeah, this sounds like something Larry would write. Yeah, I think that's, and that's good. You're going to have that anytime you work yeah. closely with somebody um, and, and, and writers influence each other. <clears throat> and honestly, one of the, one of the things I like about collaborations, I've learned stuff, every collaboration I've done, you know, um, I don't know if I'm, I think, I, I feel like collaborations are really cool because they, they're a growth opportunity mm-hmm. for both of you. And I mean, provided you're not doing the James Patterson thing, you know. Right. No, we're not talking about that. That's not yeah. a true collab. One thing we haven't talked about much is we we talk about junior senior just because that's like really how you decide, you know, like finalize decisions. But then you run into the thing. What if you have two new guys? Like, like so we had like me and Mike Cooper. Even us, I at least had written like three books, I think, at that point. So I I had some experience. Um, but if you have two people starting out together and they're both new. Uh, man, I don't know. I, I think in that situation, um, I, I think it's like any professional environment. Um, I think you'd be best suited to have an honest conversation with each other and say, Hey, look, this is what I think we should do when it comes to X, Y, and Z. I think, I think 
we should defer to me. And when it comes to A, B, and C, we should defer to you. Yeah. Yada, yada. I'm not talking about setting up an official contract, but but you need to have a handshake agreement of professionalism with each other. Yeah. I, w- I, I would, um, I don't know, that that would be a really tough one. I think it would all depend upon the the two writers sure. and how they get along and their strengths and weaknesses. Because I've known some guys that like the idea of collaborating with them is terrifying. Like I can't oh, even yeah. imagine. It would be like the worst thing ever. Yeah. I mean, I collaborated with a buddy of mine and, and yours, uh, a guy named Dan Smythe. Um, we wrote this kind of science fiction, cyberpunk, seven samurai thing. And, you know, he, he hasn't published anything. And of course I have now at this point. Um, and, and in that case, I was kind of the senior writer and that was a little weird because I wasn't used to being the guy saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. And there were a few situations after it where I said, you know what? No, no, we, uh, we're going to have to pull back on some things here. We're going to have to do things a little bit differently because this is in that situation is like, yeah, this was my primary idea. And so I want to make sure it has a specific tone um, because it's me. Um, and he was fine with that. And so I think as we close here, I, I think the, the important part here and, and, and just to be clear, this is not the first time nor the last time we're going to talk about this. We fully plan on bringing in uh, some of these folks that, that uh, you know, some of these guys that Larry has written with before um, has done collaborations with his guest stars to, you know, to talk about it. Because um, everyone, as Larry talks about, we learn different things from, from our different collaborators. Um, you know, for example, when I wrote with Dan Smythe, Dan Smythe, um, he's a literal rocket scientist. And so he's, he's, real, he's, he's way, way, way smarter than I am. And so when it came to certain things, I just said, hey, when it comes to science stuff, that's yours. Yeah. When it comes to everything violence-inducing, that's mine. And so as long as you're honest with your co-author and you feel truly that you can work with this person and be productive with this person, I think you can have a really good time doing this. And I think you can create some excellent stuff. Now, you know, a lot of times we kind of give you some, like, homework, like, like, yeah, go out and do this. For this one, we're not giving you anything because I don't know how productive that would be. I don't know if that, that'd be a heck of a thing to, like I said, hey, go find a hey, guy. Hey, go find some random and write crap with him. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Um, but hey, look, if you're thinking about doing it, give it a shot. But you need to be honest with yourself and you need to be honest with your potential collaborator. Um, if you're not, you're only going to have problems. So um, we'll leave this with you. And, uh, and yeah, look, if you have any other questions or, or stuff that we said sparks more questions for you, shoot them in. If you're, if you're a supporter, shoot them in and we will totally take care of it for you online. Um, so yeah, this is the Writer Dojo. We'll take it easy. Writer Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Correa. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries by Craig Naibo. New episodes come out every Wednesday, wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchor.fm slash writer dojo, by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. To advertise on the Writer Dojo, email ads at writerdojo.com. 
All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com. Okay, sweet. That was pretty good.